Here's Neymar now, Cavani is there. The Saint-Etienne has surely won it in the 89th minute. Calou for Cavano. Oh, what a strike. An absolute beauty for Florian Tobac. Kylian Mbappé wraps it up. Hello, bonjour, bon année everybody and welcome to a new edition of Le Bourge, our first podcast of 2020. Coming up, PSG's Quatre Fantastiques meet their match in the form of Robert Moreno's Monaco. Moussa Dembele fires Lyon to victory at Bordeaux and André Villas-Boas shows that he hasn't lost his magic touch over Christmas as Marseille pull clear of Rennes in second place. We have... Uh, Quatre fantastiques of our own this morning, if I include myself in 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 that quartet. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. To my left, David Crossan. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning, David. Uh, David should be the brightest spark this morning because he wasn't at the Parc des Princes last night. Um, he's not looking that bright. Robbie, how are you this morning? Very well, thank you, Matt. I was at the park. I'm a little bit of a late night, but uh, in Dave's defence, thanks to the uh, grev and everything else, there were no... Uh, bikes for him to to pick up and ride here so he had about a four kilometer walk i think great game though to watch last night. great game i did great watch game. on tv and i wasn't at all jealous of the people who were there robbie getting in with some early franglais for any new listeners he does he does drop the odd french word in like greve sometimes like greve. intentionally sometimes not greve is strike the strikes are almost over oh, no they're not no, no they're not no they're not no. i managed to get an rer train this morning um, but I'm mainly staying in my in my um, leafy suburb, which uh, which which is much more pleasant than than having to get the metro. Armel, how did you get in this morning? I cycled like I do every day. Well done. You're looking fit as a fiddle, Armel Tangi, who was who was at the Parc des Princes and uh, had uh, a pretty enjoyable match to commentate. Let's uh, let's listen to the action. Um, Armel brings it to us. There's an early chance for Paris with Neymar and an early goal. That didn't take very long, did it? Now Golovin striking goalwards. It comes back for the Russian. He finds Fabregas. Brilliant ball into Benyadere. And surely it's Shelson Martins. And Monaco are level. Benyadere opens up the space and finishes. Monaco are 2-1 up. And that is a finish worthy of a man leading the scoring charts in Ligue 1. Di Maria. Neymar. Neymar going for goal and the deflection of Fode Balotore takes it in. And now room for Mbappe behind the uh, full-back. It's Jelson Martins too. He could go round him. The penalty's given. The usual curve run-up from Neymar. The steps and the finish. Harry Saint-Germain back in the lead. Thanks to her Neymar, who's really proving to be the difference this evening. Shelson Martins past Vidati. Still going, Shelson Martins, and it may be deflected in Slimani. Oh, the flag is up, and it's a goal. The goal stands. Marquinhos's touch on the way through clearly made the difference in the mind of the officials. Well, what a tremendous game to, uh, to kick off 2020 in terms of uh, Ligue 1 and, uh, and Week 20. Um, Paris Saint-Germain 3, Monaco 3. Just before I, I ask for your thoughts, Armel, I just uh, remind people or let them know they're listening to Le Beau Jeu, our official Ligue 1 podcast. It's interactive. You can get involved using the hashtag Le Beau Jeu on social media. You can email us using uh, our email, Ligue 1 
podcast at gmail.com. Plenty to talk about this week. Armel PSG had a real game um, on Sunday night. It's not always the case, particularly at the Parc des Princes, but Monaco, first league gun game with their new coach, Robert Moreno, who replaced Leonardo Jardim um, during the winter break. Um, and they took the game to Paris, didn't they? Yes, but I don't think there was a single person in the world watching that thought after Neymar's third-minute goal that Monaco were going to make a game of it. It only took them a few minutes to to prove that they were going to, and it really, it really was a, a great game of football. Both sides were in top... Well, well, both sides in top form. I don't think PSG were in top form. Neymar was in top form. Monaco as a unit were brilliant. But I think um, Neymar really carried Paris Saint-Germain last night and could have been a hat-trick. I think he probably thought he did have a hat-trick because the stadium announcer shouted his name yeah. out for all three goals. I think he apologised, the stadium announcer, for the second goal. Oh, so yeah? it might be a own okay, goal, Ballon yeah, Torre yeah. own goal in the end. Do you, think, do you think PSG were a bit surprised? Because they're used to kind of being given the ball. You know, they have possession for 70, 80% of the time at home. Monaco, they went there with an attacking team and they, and they tried to, to keep the ball, win the ball. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, observers were surprised. I don't. I hope PSG weren't surprised because that would be a fairly serious uh, overconfidence from a side playing against fellow professionals. But I think everyone watching was surprised, and maybe that's how how people interpret it that PSG was surprised. We no? saw. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I see what well, you I mean. I think they were. <laughs> if, if when Thiago Silva comes across to speak to Thomas Tuchel and says, "I've got no protection. They're just running at us. We're defending with two players," that shows that they're surprised. Well, this is it, and we've got to. Uh, stress the fact that Tuchel, he's persevering with this uh, 4-2-4 formation, which has looked outstanding. And I saw him in a post-match interview saying, oh, you guys, you you all say it's amazing. We've hit the winning formula with our four attackers, Di Maria, Neymar, Mbappe and uh, Icardi. And then as soon as we draw a game, everybody is questioning it. But when you look at that game and you look at the number of chances that Monaco created, I think it was... I 16, had six in the 16, first half. 16 I mean, shots. Six clear chances Mon- in the first half. Monaco, 16 shots, PSG, 13, which is six on target each. You know, that is a warning, isn't it? In terms of, you know, the game against Borussia Dortmund coming up in the Champions League in a month or so. Um, good teams. They had, they, they, they had Verratti and um, Gay, Gay in, yeah. in midfield. And like you say, Dave, Thiago Silva didn't get the protection. I'll stick my neck out. I hadn't thought about this before Matt just made that point, but... Kayla Navas was brilliant, wasn't he? Would PSG probably lost that? Well, well, he's still been on the pitch. Is... Took Ben Yedder out. I know, I know Jelson Martins tapped the ball in, but uh, there's got to be a card produced there, probably a yellow because of the, mm. the goal being scored. But uh, if Jelson Martins doesn't put that chance away, then we might have seen a, a very different game. Well, there's certainly well, there's penalty if Jelson Martin doesn't score a penalty yeah. and probably yeah. a yellow card. Mm. Robbie, do two PS- great saves from from Navas. But yeah, I I, I think Monaco showed that, that Paris will have to play better in this system and that the likes of Di Maria, Neymar will have to get back, will have to offer more support to midfield. And also that Verratti and Gay, or the two holding men in midfield, need to really cover mm. those attacking four. And I'm not because... sure they can. I'm not sure Verratti can, for certainly for 90 minutes. Well, Leandro I, Paredes I think... has play, been playing a lot of football Paredes... in this 4-4-2 over yep. the last six weeks. So I think Paredes is, is an option. I think Marquinhos is an option because Kimpembe will come back. I, it's, it's also how the fullbacks play. Bernat and Meunier yeah. have to sit totally a lot agree. more in that situation. Totally but, uh, there was a reason why Moreno left Slimani on the bench and went with the mobility of mm. Keita Balde and Jelson Martins out wide. And that was because he knows that Mernier in particular, but 
Burnout more than usual, I thought last night. Push forward and leave gaps behind them. And well, to- they, I spoke to Tuchel, and at half time, he said they did pull Juan Bernat to get him to sit more, to play deeper. And in the second half, Monaco do barely have an, a chance to score. Let, mm. Let's face it, there's did the corner. Did you speak to him at half time? After the match, and asked him Rob what did he the said. Rob team talk. <laughs> and asked him what he said at half time. But- okay. <laughs> To be fair, briefly, sorry, Di Maria and Neymar, I was impressed again by how much they were tracking back. But when your fullbacks are that high up, mm. you're not going to go beyond them, are you? So it made it very difficult and Monaco really, really exploited the flaws in PSG's attacking system I think, last night. I think Tuchel has created a, a problem for him. Well, I wouldn't say created a problem for himself, but I'm not sure the plan is working and is going to work. And I know well, it's one game solution, and I know they've isn't... just drawn one game. But when I, I looked at his interview, his post-match interview on Canal Plus, and he, was, he, he often is very animated and, and charismatic, but he was really, he was sort of really fretting about it, the questions about his, his quatre fantastique and, and can you do it against Dortmund? And I feel he's got a bit of a fixation that he wants to make it work. And it has worked when the four of them were, were you know, tracking back all together and fighting. I just think against a quality team, and we saw last night that Monaco can be a quality team, I just don't think it is going to work. And, and, you know, and I just wonder if that's going to be their undoing in the Champions League. Right. But, that's what, 15 goals in three games since the turn of the year? They've yeah, I think it's won 37 t- in seven games now. So, but or, so, yeah. Not all with the four up front yeah, together, yeah. right? 4-4-2 four, four, since the 2-2 two, two with Real Madrid. Right, okay. There's a difference playing Linas Moleri or Saint-Etienne with 10 men and playing against a team like Monaco or Dortmund. Absolutely. I, I think, in a way, last night might actually end up suiting Tuchel because he can point to that if he does eventually decide he needs to drop one of the, the catcher of Fantastique because he needs greater security, he can point to that game and say, this is exactly why. And mm. I'd like to see him give it another go on Wednesday because they play Monaco again on Wednesday and we're already looking but forward to that does, game and hoping yeah. it will live up to the standards of Sunday's game. Because I, I don't really want to focus on the negatives too much because it was just such a great game to watch. And, and Monaco that, were why, excellent. That's why people get excited about football. I want to see matches like that. I don't want to see a team sitting back, as we've complained mm. about far mm. too often against Paris Saint-Germain, just resigned to their fate. I want to see two teams going for it. And it's it's unlike, Dave, it's really unlike you to, to not want to be negative. I'm disappointed in you. Also, but, well, but, but well done for some year. positivity. 2020. I just, I just want to, yeah, to <laughs> New Year's resolution. But let, I just want to get my point in. I think he, he, may, he may well bring in a third midfielder against Dortmund, but I just think my point about him creating this sort of fixation and, and, and trying to install this this front four if he then goes to a 4-3-3 I feel it then sends out me- negative signals and I just think he you know he he has created that and I think it's become a problem I was just about to say very unlike uh, Robbie as well though I just heard him complimenting PSG's opposition oh no always and I do want to talk about ever can beat if, or draw with exactly. I do want, yeah and I want to talk good. about Monaco guys absolutely <laughs> mm. because this this is uh, one of the best teams on paper in, in Liga. I think there's no question about it. When you look at the individuals that they've got, um, and you know, and you look at that midfield: Fabregas, Bakayoko, Golovin. You know, technically there oh, aren't too many better midfields than that. Well, in, they have in, the in same Liga. problem. You leave Bakayoko totally exposed. He has to do the work of two or three men. Um, yeah, and, that, that. and that's something that yeah. Robert Moreno is going to have to work on. What I did like last night: the, the artistry of the Fabregas pass for when mm. Navas took out uh, Ben Yedder. That's the real Cesc Fabregas. And Fabregas was shattered after 50-55 minutes and yeah. was walking around up front Danny Alves style before he got substituted. And we've talked about Fabregas a fair bit on the podcast. And what do you do with him? He's still got another two years left on his contract, two and a half years left on his contract. 
and he does look old for a 32 year old he looks old he hasn't got the condition to go a full 90 I'd say play him like at the Parc de Prince get a good hour out of him and just know that you're going to have to use one of your three substitutes every time and I think Robert Moreno might be able to do that I think Moreno definitely wants to use Fabregas not just you know as a player but also as a sort of um, leader, leader, and, and messenger on the key on 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 the field to try to get his uh, his tactics across. But no, you- it's, it's the Barcelona influence, isn't it? That mm. it, I, I commentated the first game that Moreno took charge of, which was the Coupe de France game at home to Rennes, which they won fortuitously because uh, if VAR had been involved, Keita Balde's winner would have been ruled out for handball. But um, <laughs> Balde was at La Masia. He says the training sessions are very similar to Barcelona, and Moreno's principles are, are Barcelona esque. Fabregas talks about that as well, says the training sessions are like Pep Guardiola's, Tito Villanova's, and that the style that Moreno wants involves a lot of running from everybody. So they're, they're going to have to be very well, How long has he had? I mean, practice. was it 10 days of training or so? Yeah, just about yeah. two weeks. Yeah. He was appointed late December. For me, for me, it's also an indictment of, uh, of Jardim, and it, it shows that the players weren't running for him, and they're better players mm. than they've shown. I no, know they were da- getting two points a game. Yeah, Dave, that, Dave's keen matches. to point out they got 26 from the points from the last 13 well, games. I, 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 one I, of the best top three form sides in the competition since week seven or week eight of the I, season. I, so. I said in the last podcast, you've probably forgotten because of the amount of champagne you drank during it, Matt, <laughs> that, that Monaco would definitely finish on the podium if Jardim stayed. Uh, I still think they're going to finish on the podium now. But well, I think you'd been drinking too much champagne. It's a ridiculous claim. They're currently eighth in the league, and why? Why would they definitely finish in the because top three? Because they're going half on two points a game. And yeah, I but did what my happened in the first, they kept what going in the first half of the season? It was only five eighth. games. It was five games that they did really badly. They signed the players, and they've been much better since. Ta- tactically, five games are five games. I mean. Tactically, I, I I really enjoyed what Robert Moreno did last night, and could already see the differences between the way he set up and the way Jardim set up. Notably on the right-hand side, and I think when PSG won the penalty, that was exposed because most of this season, playing at right full-back has been Jelson Martins. Clearly not his position. The guy can't defend. We saw that when Mbappe just thought, oh, it's him, going to go round him, penalty. And Benjamin Henricks, he was a German international when they signed him. He's barely had a look in. I think he's a good player. Every time I've seen him play, I've liked him. He's put him in. I thought he did the job last night. He pushed up to try and help Jelson Martins attack when... Mbappe went down the other end for that goal, but uh, there seems to be more of a more of a balance, more about trying to play players in positions they're good in, where, instead of moulding the team to your ideas and just putting people where you want them. And I think what we'll see when they play against teams that don't like having the ball as much as Paris Saint Germain do is you'll see that high press. They they really did that for the first ten minutes of the the cup game against Rams because you're up against the best defence in the top division when you're taking on rounds. And they wanted to try and disrupt the flow, make it difficult for Abdelhamid to play the ball out of defence. So you're going to see that a lot more when Monaco take on weaker opposition. Thanks to uh, to Jardim's fine work in the first half of the season, Monaco are only four points off a podium place, um, given the uh, the other results this weekend. They're currently eighth. Um, they can do it. I, I, I do feel it's a massive gamble. It may be a very... Uh, inspired one to to have brought in Robert Moreno who's not coached uh, a club at at the highest level he has coached briefly the Spanish national team having been Luis Enrique's assistant for so long I, I have to admit reading about it when I heard the news I thought this was a left field decision that would um, go badly wrong and I thought they'd probably ship four or five at, at, at the Parc de Prince I was very wrong so you know perhaps this is based on considerable knowledge and Robert Moreno is going to be a, a top coach 
Well, he seems to know all the PSG players very well. He got a huge hug from Neymar at the well, start of the Neymar. game. Yeah. Yeah, he, he gave Sarabia his first the cap chatting for Spain. With Navas as well. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're a great coach. But, but, but well, I think he's got more Thierry of an Henry idea. got lots yeah, of hugs Thierry as well when Thierry came out. <laughs> no, Robert Moreno knows how to put on a training session better than Thierry Henry and mm. how to set up a team more than Thierry Henry yeah. does now. What, they're 4-1-4-1 because everyone knew they were going to play 4-1-4-1 because that's how it was with the Spain national team as well. And... With the two wide men, it's almost a Barcelona 4-3-3, but it's a little bit different. Maybe they're getting more defensive work out of the likes of Balde and, and Jelson Martins as well to, to pull back. Just one thing, the important things on Le Bourgeois. Got a new coach. Hair? What do we reckon? It was the coat that was worrying coat, me last night. Right. Yeah, sort of a designer yeah. dustman's jacket. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I thought the, the coat was I think yeah. Very neat hair, though. Neat hair, good. Oh, he he good. he proudly announced that he has twenty eight years of uh, of coaching experience. Um, he's looking quite well, given that he started when he's he was forty two. He started when he was fourteen. Yeah, okay. Mm. Which is which is impressive in some ways, mm. but I, I I always find it weird. Kids who want to become coaches. That's or coaching the school team, is it? Or coaching or, at half time? Or coaching referees. during the lunch becoming break. a coach is better than becoming a referee at fourteen. But no, actually, I've got nothing against becoming a referee. What, but. what, what it does do is it gives us another. Coach 14, in, that, in that young bracket who's fluent in several languages that um, at Stade Louis Deux, because there's not so much of a crowd there, there will be on Wednesday, you can hear everything that the coaches are saying. And he was giving instructions to Henriks in English, to other players in Spanish, to other players in French. And I, I find that remarkably impressive to get your message across succinctly and in several languages. You're still learning French, aren't you? Yeah, getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesday. It is Monaco against PSG. It's very bizarre. It's the we, we've just had the return match, and now we've got the uh, what they call the match LA, the, the the first game because that was postponed earlier this season. Was it because of flooding? There was yeah, yeah, yeah that was the game. Yeah. First of December, it was meant to be played. So it's, it's it's going to be interesting. I would imagine both coaches will make changes. Just uh, focusing on one player in particular because he's been in the news in the last few days, Islam Slimani, who. Did actually lose his place late on with uh, with Jardim. He had a sending off. He was suspended for a, for a couple of matches. On the bench on Sunday night, um, he's being linked with a move away. There are Premier League clubs, Aston Villa notably, being linked with him. His stats are very good. He's uh, contributed more assists, I think, than any other player in Ligue 1 this season. He came on and he scored the uh, the equalising goal last night. Is this a player Monaco need to be keeping? Will we, he, fit in? Will he e- fit in with Moreno's plans? Do we need to explain the rules for that goal as well for, for people that are still wondering why it wasn't flagged for offside? Or why it was flagged for offside and then we waited 10 minutes for, for VAR to slowly work it out <laughs> and then award the goal? Well, it was because Marquinhos touched the, the tried shot. Tried to play that, the tried, ball. Yeah, intentionally tried to intercept exactly. it, deflected it into Slimani's pass. So even though he was offside, Initially, when the shot came in, he then became onside when Marquinhos intervened. Exactly. Very good. Perfect. I, I think Monaco, if they get big money for him... Well, he's on loan from Leicester. So. He's on loan from Leicester? Yeah. Oh, right. Well, I think well, Monaco... If Leicester if get big can, money... Yeah, if Leicester <laughs> get big money, then that's a great... I don't, I don't know, know the exact anymore. terms of the deal, but no, yeah, Monaco mm. definitely need him. I, I really? Don't, yeah. I, 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 I was going to say I'm not certain. No, because... I don't think he'll be a starter under Moreno because he doesn't fit that style. But as an impact substitute, which is a role he won't enjoy mm. having to be confined to, uh, great man to but be But they're, they're on. only playing in two competitions now, Coupe de France and, and the league. They've got uh, Jean-Kevin Auguste on the bench, who's decent, I suppose. He and can you can't come forget on about Stevan Jovetic, Pietro Pellegri and Willem Gerbils, can you? Well, you can yeah, because well, you're always can. injured. Yeah, yeah. But it's true, when Islam comes on, he tends to convert. Lads, we we we, ha- we didn't mention Wissam Ben Yedder. We are going to move on to the to the next games. But this 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 guy, he was class again on Sunday night. He's got mm. fourteen league goals this season. Should he be 
starting for France this summer? Well, he was very, very impressive last night. Really he's been very, very, very poor very whenever impressive. he started for France of late. Yeah. Oh, really has not mm. taken yeah. his chance at all. I, I, I love him as a player, but yeah. uh, he's disappointed me massively when he's played for Le Bleu. But there are a few warm-up games ahead of, ahead of the Euros. Olivier Giroud oh, thought, he's got to, be in the thought squad, to be no moving to Inter. Um, so, that, I mean, there is a place up for grabs, assuming he doesn't oh, play in Mbappé. They have so many options, though. Yeah, what I about, mean, what so about many... that guy at Lyon? That number nine at Lyon? Pretty good player too. He never gets a look in. Well, Armel, that's a good um, a good little transition there because we're going to be moving on to Bordeaux against Lyon. And I wanted to talk about Moussa Dembele, who, like Slimani, has been linked with uh, a move away. A lot of Premier League clubs rumoured uh, to be keen on bringing him in. We know that Tottenham have got a problem with Harry Kane out perhaps until the end of the season. We know that Chelsea are looking perhaps to bring in a striker, but we don't really care because Jean-Michel Olas, the Lyon president, said... None of these guys, not Dembele, not Luka Toussaint, will be leaving in January. If anything, we need to strengthen. We're certainly not going to be letting any of the players go. Let, let's, before we get into the uh, whole kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Analysis. Analysis yeah. about Leon. Yeah. Let's hear what happened because, oh, it was Armel again. Gosh, busy weekend for Armel. He was commentating Bordeaux against Leon. Oh, that's a bad pass from Joachim Anderson and Jimmy Briand. Steals in to net against his former club and give Bordeaux the lead here. 97th goal for him in the French top flight. Few will have come more easily than that one. He's got a chance in the second half of this campaign, Maxwell Cornet, to uh, make himself a regular in the uh, Lyon starting lineup. He can make one of those wide spots his own. And maybe he might find the net here. And he has done just that to put Leon back on level terms, Maxwell Cornet. Awar now into the path of Maxwell Cornet. Moussa Dembele ahead of him. Cornet finds Dembele. The first touch is good. The second is deadly. And Moussa Dembele puts Leon into the lead. Dominant in the first half, but trailing at the break. Leon have needed barely eight minutes of the second period to take the lead in this one. So Armel, Bordeaux won, Lyon two. If truth be told, Lyon could have won by more. They should have, I think, scored more goals. Yeah. In the end, they had a scare, didn't they? Because Koscielny had a, had a goal ruled out, a very, very marginal offside decision that VAR it was a, one of those armpit jobs. He was just, just offside. But Lyon, pretty, pretty good value for that win. They were, they were, and it was uh, all the more impressive when you consider they don't have their captain and best player, Memphis Depay. They don't have the creativity of Jeffrey and Adelaide. They were led by Hussam Alwar wearing the armband in the absence of, of Depay, and he looked good. I'll tell you who else looked good is that 19-year-old Maxence Cacare. Barely made a mistake in the second half. Took a while for him to get into the game, but he looked very, very good. Probably should have had a goal, but no one's going to have a go at him because, you know, lack of experience and that is fourth it was his fourth start in in the league but as a whole yeah Leon they looked aside with more intent than the team I saw in the first half of the season as if they've really worked over the winter break on playing as a unit and um yeah I was I was pleasantly surprised by it they probably should should have scored four or five honestly and had Bordeaux snatched a point from that game, it would have been an absolute travesty for Lyon. But um, all in all, they got the three points. Dembele got another goal, 11 for the season for him. And 
It's promising. It's promising for the weeks to come. Unbelievably, they went up to fifth it's, as it's, well. It's, is Dembele, well, he is doing better since Depay got injured, but is that, is that related or is that a bit harsh on, on Depay to say that Depay's absence has sort of liberated Dembele? Well, players do benefit from that sort of thing, don't they? When there's more responsibility and they, they thrive on that. For me, Dembele is the sort of player that, a bit like Benzema, was at the time and and is still gets these comments at Real Madrid. People don't really give him the full credit for everything he does off the ball, how he plays with his teammates. He's a generous player. He makes intelligent runs. He's a clinical finisher. He he really has the potential to go all the way, Dembele. Whether he should be in He's the Euro squad or like this, I thought no, this would I'm be not, a I'm season. Not, I'm not having that. No, uh, he hasn't scored in the Champions League. Um, he's got to prove something it. Benzema did at the age of seventeen. I think. Yeah. No. And, ben, and Benzema, I, I just don't think the comparison's valid because Benzema particularly in his Leon days, he was Ronaldo, fat Ronaldo-esque. He could do things on his own. Dembele doesn't beat players with dribbles. He needs other players to give him the ball in the right position. He does make the good runs and he's big, he's powerful. Um, he should be better in the air than he is. I think he's got... A I think lot he's of, quite good in the air. I, I, think, he, I think he can do more. I mean, he's got all the potential. Sometimes he looks just exceptional, but, and sometimes he has these games where you just don't see him. Yeah, but he's only you 20, would, and that's consistency. I would worry... I would worry at his stage, I would not sign for a Tottenham or a Chelsea. I think he'd, he'd, no. just, he'd, he'd get on the bench. He'd be on the bench, and he wouldn't. I, I don't think he's like, ready. It, I don't think Michi Batshuayi is a better player than Moussa Dembele. Mm. Well, he's reached twenty-five goals in Ligue 1 in two games fewer than he did in the SPL. If Andy Scott was here today, he'd know how impressive that is. Bordeaux, by the way, they're on. A, they're in a, a rut at the moment. I just wanted to Probably say one more thing on. about Maxence Cacare. And isn't it great to see a young man, 19 years of age, with that World War II soldier haircut? A bit I like Di Maria, a bit like Icardi. Fantastic, neat and tidy. The problem is, very Ka- respectful Kakare's haircut man. looks like he's fighting for the other side. I'm not too keen on that. <laughs> he's, uh, the stat is that he's, on average, he wins the ball back more often than any other midfielder since he started playing. He wins it back more than 10 times a game. But it's another one the of these, these defensive midfielders that France create, the Camavingas, the, these mm. guys that come through the ranks. And they're just so mature in the way they play oh, Leon, the game Leon's and the way Academy, they read the game. Leon's Academy is just uh, exceptional. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely exceptional. Even Luca Tuzar is an underrated player yeah, Kakare, for, for a so player Kakare that should seems, just play seems that. to have taken Tuzar's place. Mm. If Hertha Berlin are offering £25 million, um, should Leon, you know, I mean... Leon also it, had it's Diop good money, but, but Leon need, the, need players. Do you sell, sell Luca Tussar, Dave? No, not yet. In the summer, if you want to. I'd drive him to the airport. I, yeah. I don't particularly rate him, but I... Th- well, Armel, that's what the um, renowned pundit Pierre Menes said. He scored said. in the new Camp last Crap. year, Armel. So you're going to have a job. You, you have to fight with Pierre Menes to, 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 to drive uh, Luca oh, Tussar to the I don't want to fight with him. I might outrun Armel's him. Armel's will fit but, in his car. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably the most controversial pundit in France. So I'm all right. Bordeaux, I think it's four four defeats in a row. Um, they're yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're plummeting. Yeah. They were up in third. Well, we were talking about how great they Christmas. were, weren't we? Yeah, we, we we enjoyed it. Perhaps perhaps their their bad form has coincided with Josh Manger losing his place in the side because he was a regular starter before Christmas. He was scoring a few goals. He scored in the cup as well earlier uh, in January. Um, Ian Holyman, our our producer, had uh, the opportunity to chat with Josh, who. Um, Started his professional career with Sunderland, I believe, before moving to Bordeaux um, last summer. He has chosen to represent Nigeria at international level, has already played for the Super Eagles. And um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he, he's doing quite well in France, as, he, uh, as he's told Ian Holyman. 
have you had to change a game since coming to France? I mean, people say that the, the speed in, in the English game, it's a lot quicker than here. How have you found it? What, what are the differences? Um, obviously, yeah, the speed of the game is, is, is a bit slower than the English leagues, but I think for me, this league is quite suited to the way I play. I'm quite a technical player, I'd say, so I think for me, um, the way the way this league is played is suited to the way I want to play, and I think to get the best out of me is, is playing here, so that's why that's another reason why I wanted to come here, and I think as long as I keep listening to the coaches and trusting what they say, then... I think I'll be successful. The slight problem for Bordeaux this season is they've been consistent in being inconsistent. You had a, a, a decent run and then you, you came into Christmas with a, with a four-game losing streak in, in all competitions. You seem to be just a little step as a team away from, from being a real top three contenders. Do, do you feel that you're top three contenders this season? We're just taking it game by game, really. We believe we're a very good side in this league and I think... With more, with more training and with more um, experience in games, I think we're going to show everyone how good we are. Of course, we have a lot of young players here who still need more experience, like me and myself. We, we are, we're still working hard on the pitch and we're just doing our best to, to perform what the coach wants. So we're going to continue working and hopefully we can improve the results. Well, it's nice to hear the, uh, the London accent, South London accent of, uh, of, of Josh Madger, uh, following in the footsteps of Clive Allen, who was... Uh, uh, briefly, a Bordeaux favourite back in the late 80s, early yeah, 90s, late 80s, late yeah. 80s. Dave, what what have you made of uh, of Josh, Josh Madger so far in France? He's, he's done okay. He's developing. Uh, he doesn't deserve to start every week based on his performances. He uh, came in in the January, took a bit of time to adapt. It was a tricky time for the club as well because that was when the weird Eric Bedouet-Ricardo duo were there. And I'm not certain that the... The language issue was that easy in terms of the technical advice he was getting at that point. I mean, he'd made a big step up. If Sunderland were a French club, they'd have lost their professional status after dropping into the third division. So to come into a, a top division side in one of the, the big leagues is, is definitely going to be tricky. But um, no, definitely one to follow. Uh, as for Bordeaux as a whole, though, and I was speaking to a French colleague about Bordeaux last week, and he said to me, I think we've got the best coach in Ligue 1, but he's got a, a terrible squad to work with. He would, they were overperforming when they were in the top third of the table. And he thinks that lower mid-table is actually where that squad deserves to be. I'd just like to apologise to all of our listeners for not mentioning earlier the fact that Jimmy Briand scored his 97th Ligue 1 goal. Great assist by Anderson though, wasn't it? Gorgeous assist from Joachim Anderson, yeah, the Leon defender. But 97 now, three more to go. Come Jimmy's on, Jimmy. There. Jimmy's Will he that. get to 100 before Cavani gets to 200? Probably, he plays uh, more. Yeah. Well, and just in on. case our listeners don't know, um, the man being touted as perhaps the best coach in, uh, in Liga is Paolo Sosa. And uh, I agree. I agree that he's doing very well. I think Sosa was slightly concerned about Josh Madger's um, ability to integrate in, the, in those first six months. But uh, he is working on his French, as he, as he told Ian. And, uh, you know, I think he deserves credit. We see so few British players. I know he's, yeah, a, he's, more he's, more, he's, a, he's a Nigerian international. Yeah. We are seeing some, some British players moving in particular to the, to the Bundesliga, but I think, I think Madger needs to be applauded for, for doing that and for making a go of it. He's, he's only 21 and he's playing pretty regularly and he's scoring for Bordeaux. Who's the young defender at Monaco as well? As he's, he's, on, he's alone he's somewhere? He's, he's alone, alone in Belgium. In Belgium. Yeah. But I tell you what, Steph Mavididi at Dijon, he was on fire against Lille this yeah. weekend. Well, interesting stuff. Indeed, Armel, but we are going to uh, to move on. We're going to introduce 
our latest segment. It's um, a, an interactive segment here on Le Bourgeois, and we do uh, welcome your answers. Do get in touch on Twitter. It's called Deja Who, very, a very clever name. We want you to try to... Um, Isn't it try- clever? <laughs> Who came up with that? Very clever. I think Ian Holyman came up with it, quite possibly. Um, the idea is you try to guess who we're talking about and you send your answers in on Twitter using the hashtag Deja Who, which is spelt D-E-J-A-W-H-O. And uh, se- ah, yeah, se- send that. Like Deja Vu? Like Deja Vu. Ah. But Deja- I thought it was a feature about Dejan Lover and Dejan Who. Ah. Send that in on Twitter using that hashtag and um, the Twitter handle at League, uh, at League One. Uh, underscore E-N-G. Okay, are you ready? I made my Ligue 1 debut in August 2007, coming off the bench for a minute against Valenciennes. Albert Aymon was my coach at the time. I come from a real football family and I played at the World Cup both in 2010 and in 2014. Hmm, lots of uh, curious faces uh, around the table. They look stumped. Send your answers in using the hashtag DejaWho um, at League underscore ENG. I think what I really enjoyed there, Matt, was you switching into the sort of voice you use, probably, I'm guessing, when you're telling your daughter's bedtime stories. It was very relaxing. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going to sleep, not by a long shot. Let's we talk are, about football. We're going to, uh, to look at the first game, the first league on game of 2020, was a big one as well. It was third place Rennes against second place Marseille. And uh, Armel wasn't commentating it. Robbie Thompson was. Oh, how about that for a pass from Bagnon. Del Castillo keeps it in play. Able to run at Chaleta Tsar. Still going Del Castillo. It's a good ball for Burijo. Tries the shot. Oh, and a great save from Mondonda. Bourijot, the nod down for Rafinha. Oh, just wide. Mondonda was beaten that time, but so was the left hand upright. Six and a half minutes to go in regulation time. Payet. Oh, he's hit the post. The follow up, and it's in. Kevin Strotman. Robbie, it was a tight game. Ren could have nicked it. Ren had perhaps more chances than uh, Olympique de Marseille, but Andre Villas Boas. Like I said at the top of the pod, with that magic touch again, sent on Kevin Strutman. Two minutes later, he got the goal. And Marseille flying now, the eight points clear of Rennes in, uh, in second place. Absolutely. It was a game of two halves, should we say. Marseille very good in the first half, an even contest. Second half, Rennes had by far the better of it. Should really have gone ahead um, at home as well, where they've struggled a little bit at home, Rennes, uh, so far this season. They always seem to concede goals. And as you say... Kevin Strotman, who is a, a great professional and who I think, despite the fact that he's not always in the starting lineup, I think AVB is counting on Kevin Strotman. I think he's an important element in that side. Maxim Lopez was on the bench as well. Um, so players, you know, they've got a, they're starting to get a little bit of depth on the bench and Strotman coming on. And it was a tidy finish as well on the left foot from a very tight angle. Dimitri Payet's free kick over the wall, saved by Edouard Mendy with a, a little help from the post. And Strotman on hand to uh, to fire home from an impossible angle. Uh, nice goal. Marseille over the whole 90 minutes probably just edged it by maybe one point. But uh, it was a very tight contest. One goal, to, you mean? No, one. well, <laughs> if, I, if we're talking boxing, if there okay, was no okay, knockout. Yeah. Well, Dimitri Payet, again, 
um, provided the the key moment with that wonderful free kick that hit the post. He did, Stockman and he worked very hard. And and his reaction at the end, they've got a few players there, like Alvaro Gonzalez, like Dimitri Payet, who are really starting to to become leaders and links to the fans and and pump everyone up and 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 drive this side. And, and that's important. It may not it may not be tactical. It may not be athletic, but in terms of morale, in terms of, of boosting their teammates and the fans and creating an atmosphere, they're starting to show that they're a club with identity. And I think AVB has to take a lot of credit P- for that. Payet could do with washing his mouth out a bit, though. He, he's just, he's he got getting... booked again for, for yeah, arguing, there's a lot of arguing talk with the and there's a lot of yeah, And yeah, yeah. every time a free kick doesn't go, and every, there's and a. If, but, but you there, know, that's, there, that's, there is an argument. But actually, that's that's a sign that that's he's part of his role as well. well. It's a sign that, that that he's very much. But up it costs for it. his team because he's got another suspension mm, coming yeah. up because of that. Yeah. He missed four games because of the Montpellier yeah. uh, brand. If you want to, if you <laughs> want to learn some French swear words, just watch a Marseille game. Or listen he's, to he's, he's pretty easy yeah. to <laughs> lip read. That's our our second new section today. <laughs> he cost his, Dave. He swear cost, in French. <laughs> he cost his team. But you're going you're going back to your 2019 negative, Dave, because he also you know he he won them the game. I mean. Yes, but now, it, but you're right. He's going to be suspended, as is Bubaka Kamara and Bunasar for the next game against Angers. No, he's so playing really we're well. Going to see he's playing really deck. well, and he looks very fit. And um, but that will be already five games that he's missed through suspension in a 38 game season. You can't have your top player out for that many games just unnecessarily. It's not like he's the, helped his team off was... like uh, because he's hacked someone down mm. who was about to score. No, he's just shouting his mouth off. Yeah, the sending off couple... against Montpellier earlier yeah, that kept him ridiculous. out for weeks. That a couple was of player, player watchers. Um, Dario Benedetto watch, anonymous, absent, really didn't see much of him in the game, which was disappointing. Mm. And Nemanja Radonjic, who I think is a player with potential and has shown it recently off the bench, started... And showed that he is a great super sub. Yeah, he struggled, didn't he? Mm. Struggled. I saw yeah. some some stats about the number of balls he lost. Most most of the balls he touched, I think he lost. Um, Forty one points from twenty games. Olympique de Marseille. It's the same tally that they had under Rudy Garcia two seasons ago. It's the same tally they had under Marcelo Bielsa five seasons ago. In those two campaigns, they finished fourth, which is which is a bit worrying. But I don't feel like they're overstretching themselves at the moment. I feel like they're getting the results. I wouldn't say they're playing within themselves, but it looks to me it looks more sustainable. Well, it's also looking at the competition. The, the, there was better competition in those seasons, and this season they're eight points clear of Ren. Okay, Ren have a game in hand, which they'll play this coming midweek. But it's hard to see two teams overhauling Olympique de Marseille by May. And Tovan to come. Tovan to come. It's funny, Marseille. And that will be important as well. He's back training, by the way, for oh, really? Tovan. Yeah, he started training at, with the new year, so that's very good news. We will have to see how his ankle reacts because he had a fairly serious surgery mm. on that ankle but to be back on the pitch and training there'll be some ups and downs but he he won't be ready straight away but on the on the road to recovery Mar- marseille on social media during the transfer window is hilarious they're linked with just like everyone and you re- I, you read the sort of discourse they're like well we don't actually need this player do we <laughs> we have a big following from marseille fans on social media so uh please marseille get- have a big following in they general do have a big following get in touch guys uh leaguepodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us uh, an email and we will try very hard to read it out and to answer it another big club who are who are pushing who are enjoying a bit of a revival and pushing for a top three finish fc nantes who were victorious again Christian Gorkiv's team winning 2-0 away to Saint-Étienne. I'm sorry for spoiling the suspense, but let's hear let's hear David Crossan's commentary from an empty Stade Rofwa because it was uh, a game played behind closed doors. 
Abade. Mehdi Abade, what a shot. That is his first non-goal and it's a stunner. Well played by Simon. Chance for 2-0, it is 2-0. Ludovic Blas in wonderful form. Dave, I imagine a pretty strange experience commentating this game. You could hear you could hear the supporters. I, 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 the I, I, I saw on... Oh, sorry, outside. sorry. You could hear the players. <laughs> Excuse me. I could hear on TV when they were coming out. You could hear the studs like walking along the tunnel. It was all very odd. Yeah, game played behind We Clos. Where behind closed doors. Also the name of a Jean-Paul Sartre play from 1943. That uh, Sartre's quote from that is, hell is other people. <laughs> uh, he also had something to say about football. He said that football's complicated by the presence of an opposition that's the sort of thing you can get away with if you sit in Café Floro de Mago but if any of us said that <laughs> we're not called Jean-Paul Sartre so he wouldn't get away with it alright back to the football you had a lot of time to think this weekend didn't yeah, you yeah I did yeah. that's well, very good thank you Dave. when you're pensive in an empty stadium you start thinking of things to say because um, yeah, just to let people in on trade secrets we have to start commentating matches 12 minutes earlier and um, Usually they'd cut to the fans and you'd say, well, this is what the fans are looking for. But they just kept cutting to this empty ground. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, the, architecturally, the, the Joffre Guichard is very nice. This was a sanction after the flares, essentially. Yeah, the, 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 the flares and the fireworks. fireworks display. I, I've commentated behind closed doors, but Dave, did you find you, that you talk less or you talk more? Or you, try, you try and hear what the players are, are saying and the coaches are yelling as well? Because it's nice for for fans watching on TV as well to, to hear a bit of that. I feel like I talk more because yeah. there's not as much background noise. Yeah. Um, okay. Would you say that this shutting stadiums completely is a, a weak law? Sorry? No, is that like a weak low, weak yeah. law thing? I, I got yeah. you. <laughs> I, I, I don't like it. Should we I, was, I was stumped. Move, I, was stumped. I thought football. you were going to ask if it was a not, French thing. Not, I think that was... was that so, Saint-Étienne are awful. That's four defeats in a row in the same league season for the first time since 2011. They have an injury crisis. If you believe the French press, Claude Puel's coaching methods are now up for discussion in the dressing room. He picks these youngsters that I'm not convinced are up to the league and standard. Um, Harold Makoudi, who people were excited about when he joined Saint-Étienne, that was seen as something of a coup, had a shocker against Moses Simon. He kept getting out-muscled by someone who's a lot smaller than him but very mobile. Uh, I was impressed by Nantes, though. Uh, they scored two good goals. Christian Gorkouf has got them coached well. They played a, a strikerless system because Khalifa Koulibaly is out injured at the moment. Um, they brought in their new signing, Renaud Emon, the Belgian, come in for €4 million Euros from Standard Liège, and he didn't do a lot. It will take him time to get used to playing with Le Canary, though he has been likened in style and in stature, actually, to the late Emiliano Sala, so he's going to be one to watch in, in the next few weeks. As for Saint-Étienne, no goal threat at all. Kazri and Budabu's are shocking this season. Yeah. Um, Buonga, who's got seven goals, and Amuma, who's got five, are out. No one else has got more than one goal this year. How are you going to turn around? Yeah, they've they've struggled, they've you struggled can't for a long time score. to score goals, haven't they? They've struggled really to have a goal scorer. Kazri's been out for a couple of months as well with a, with a broken hand. They're down, they're down in 15th, Saint-Étienne. Uh, Nantes are up in fourth. One guy I want to talk about is Ludovic Blas, who... I know is a very talented player, um, hasn't perhaps exploded yet at the top level, but is, is, is certainly is. showing he's got five league yeah. goals now. Um, He'd never scored more than three in a single season before. And uh, Blas is an interesting player because in that Euro under-19 championship winning team, he played in a front three with Mbappe and Augustin. And uh, neither Blas nor Augustin have really kicked on the way you would have expected. But Blas this year in a different role, um, playing deeper in midfield, which he had started doing at Gangon, 
is starting to really look the part because technically he's sound. Um, Gorkouf is giving him the license to move forward as well and get into these positions to score the goals. And it was a really tidy finish into the bottom corner, the one he scored. It's interesting, Dave, because uh, um, Arno Nordin was uh, Kylian Mbappe's roommate at Clairefontaine. And a, a lot of people say he was better than Mbappe at Clairefontaine. A lot of people say Mbappe was the best, but you know, there, there, there's some debate. Arno Nordin played centre-forward um, in when they were 13 and Mbappe played out wide. Um, Ludovic Blas was Killian's uh, roommate during those uh, during those Euros. And Mbappe's just had such a ridiculous career. We kind of compare the others mm. and go, oh, Ludovic Blas is, uh, you know, he's 21. Arno Nordan, average, Nordan, yeah, Nordan 21. And he, you know, he hasn't yet, he hasn't yet made it. But I mean, th- these are really young players, aren't they? And, and they could, you know, it's not unreasonable to say in two years, they could be in the France no, team, well, Nordan Blas. Based on Nordan, no. Uh, Blas, I... <laughs> Harsh, harsh, but, yeah, I harsh. like him. He's a handy little player. Arno Nordan doesn't necessarily mean he has to play for France. He had their only shot years. on target in the eighth minute and of that game, and Lafont made a decent save. Twenty-one is middle-aged in Ligue 1 these days. <laughs> te- but that's yeah, but terrible, players, terrible to say as well. Drogba, it's, it's Drogba started at twenty-four in Ligue 1, didn't he, or twenty-three? Mm, good point. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, you don't. Everyone's different. Wissam Benyedo was in the France uh, futsal national team at nineteen twenty. So, point taken, but these guys started in League 1 at 16-17. They're now four years yeah. down the line. I, yeah. I think it's just a, it's a case of expectations, isn't it? That having mm. Because I don't watch a huge amount of under-19 international football. What? So, reading about Blas, I was expecting him to be this goal-scoring wide player. And yeah. the fact but that it, it didn't take... work out like that yeah. and that it's taken him time to, to find his role uh, has definitely... Because it wasn't exactly like there was a clamour of clubs trying to sign him from Gangon when Nantes managed to, to get no, him. But they let's got not Coco l- as well, l- who's sadly injured. Let's not lose sight of the fact that Kylian Mbappe is an absolute freak of nature. Mm. And it's, mm. you cannot expect a whole generation of young players, just because they played together when they were 19 or 13, to, to, to have five or six of these 19-year-olds who are the best players in the world. However... The idea of starting so early, and we mentioned him just very briefly earlier at Monaco, Pietro Pellegri, who has been injured mm. since he signed for, I think, 20 million Monaco paid for him for, from Italian football. Yeah, and Jardim, his... Jardim started to blame Genoa for saying that you, exactly. you played him too and much at the age of 16. Now and he's Marco Verratti has, yeah, 15, he was scoring goals in Italy. And this does take a toll. And remember, a couple of years back, Marco Verratti couldn't string together matches because he had a whole hip alignment problem from playing as a 16-year-old against grown men in Serie B, where I imagine, you know, you need to pull your weight physically. Mm. And these kids, and it, and it happens in France as well, you, you make your first team debut at 16, 17. It's not easy unless you are fully grown and you have the muscle density and everything. If you are played too much, you will not have a career at the end of it because you will burn out. And in the case of Pellegri, unfortunately, let's hope he comes back but he's still only 17. That's, that's a nice explanation. I think Yassin Benzia will be listening, thinking, oh, yeah, that's what happened to me. Definitely, I didn't just peek <laughs> well, too it's early. It's not an excuse. At, but... worst, <laughs> at worst, they'll have um, a television career in, uh, in France on Canal Plus because at the moment we've got Jeremy Alliadier and Florence Cinema Pongo, no, who are Matt, they who both are, who had careers. Boyhood <laughs> sensations. They did both have careers. Let's let let's Alliadier move on. scored we at talk, the Parc des Princes opening night. We talked about Saint Etienne having big problems, but uh, luckily for them, there are worse teams in Ligue 1 at the moment. Amiens are in trouble. They were beaten at home by Montpellier. Terrific uh, volleyed winner by one of my favourites, Andy Delors, who 
who uh, dedicated his strike Jean to, Papin, to Jean-Pierre Papin. Yeah, he said, oh, I still love Jean-Pierre Papin. I still look at his videos. And uh, it, was a, it was a Papin-esque volley. Um, Nîmes. Nîmes are down there in the bottom three, but they got a, a very important victory, 2-0 over Reims. Uh, Renaud Ripa among the goals, one of one of Dave's favourite, and he did his uh, Matador did. thing after the game. Ben Rowe scored a, a lovely free kick as well, on loan from Bordeaux. Yep, Benjamin Rowe. But, but, but one team looking in big, big trouble is Toulouse Football Club. We were a bit harsh on them perhaps before Christmas, saying what is the point of this football club? Of course, we all like Toulouse. Did, is that um, a quote? Is that a direct that's quote? That's what then? I said. What is ah, the point? Okay. <laughs> what is the point of Toulouse? Um, but they, there is a point and it did look as if they were fighting. They, they sacked their manager for the second time this season. It was Antoine Comboare this time who bit the bullet after nine straight defeats in the league. Harsh. Uh, Denny Zanko. Denny Zanko took charge. The uh, former youth team chief. So it was an internal appointment. Things looked to be going well when um, uh, Diakiti, defender returning from injury, scored two in the space of four minutes. They were 2-1 up against Brest. And then in the last 18 minutes, it all went horribly, horribly wrong. Brest got four goals. They won 5-2. There were a couple for Charbonnier, who hadn't scored in the league since August. There was uh, a debut goal for Yanga Mbok. It's an absolute beauty. A 30-yarder that dipped and went in off the crossbar. Everything going wrong. Stepping out of the shadow of his sister. Yeah. Bridge. That is unu- defender, it's it's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. It's unusual, but it's worth highlighting. There is a young player in Ligue 1, Mbok, who is stepping out of the shadow of his sister, who played for France in the World Cup alongside, uh, alongside Wendy Renard at the back. Dave, yeah. Dave follows a lot of women's football. Yeah, she's um, a really good player. Really yeah. good player. Yeah, yeah solid. Uh, physical. One of the more, most physical centre-halves around him in the women's game. Oh. It's called Bridge, did you say? Bridge. 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 Yeah. Griege. Well, Yanga Mbok looks like a, a talent, but Toulouse are going to need... Um, uh, sorry, he plays for Brest, doesn't he? But Toulouse are going to need uh, a, a miracle, it seems. Ten defeats in a row for them. Um, and they look doomed. Anyone anyone, no. said, anyone believe they can get out of this? No. Not if... Uh, doomed. Not if they're managers. It's Zinko? Zanko? Zonko. It doesn't, it doesn't only depend on them, of course. It depends on the other 19 teams in the league as well, who would all have to start losing regularly to allow them to get back up as well. Did, so what they're point? They got 12 points from 20 games. Did we see how Zanko celebrated their second goal? No, you know, like j- he? jumped into his assistant's arms, and his assistant cradled him like a like a young child. A bit weird, really. It was quite heart, <laughs> <laughs> but it was quite heartbreaking because there was a feeling in the stadium of this sort of renaissance. They were mm. two two one up, two goal, two quick fire goals. And what was just... the crowd like? Because they're it's not traditionally a, a football. No, they didn't either, and they I didn't imagine have Pascal when Dupre available as Dupre's yeah. got his job at Conf because he managed the Toulouse Remontada, which I'm quite tired of hearing about. But I don't think they're going to do a, 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 a Dupre. <laughs> but that was incredible. That, but that's why they time. brought in Comboaro, and they it, had Wissam do... Benyadere that year. Yeah. Now they've got, yeah. No, as you said, Matt, the, the, the problem for them is that they lost to Brest, who picked up good points. Brest were in danger of getting sucked into that relegation battle, and Metz and Dijon both won as well. So there's an eight-point gap between Toulouse in twentieth and and Mets in 17th now. You are listening to three rambling middle, oh, middle-aged men, sorry. Um, and Armel. And, <laughs> and, and I was going to say, and the young dynamic <laughs> presenter, Matt Spiro, on Le Bourgeois. <laughs> you can get in contact using our hashtag, uh, hashtag Le Bourgeois on social media. You can send us an email, uh, ligue1podcast at gmail.com. We're going to sign off with our traditional uh, bon voyage. We're going to to, to go on our travels, assuming the SNCF allow us to get a train.
we've got three games coming up in midweek. I'm going to get um, get out of the way, get this out of the way early by saying, obviously, I'm going to see Monaco a- against PSG because I'm one of the few who didn't get the chance to to go to the game on Sunday. And I want to see this rematch because perhaps, perhaps we have a domestic rivalry brewing. Monaco, I'm not getting carried away just yet. But perhaps there's something exciting happening at Monaco and perhaps they can turn PSG over on, on Wednesday night. What about What about you guys? Just a word on that. Statistically, Monaco are the the best team mm. against Paris Saint-Germain in the history of Ligue 1. They've, they've won 17 times at the Parc des Princes, scored more goals than anyone else at the Parc des Princes, apart from Paris in both, in it's both weir- occasions. It's weird. And we're not going to go on for noir. hours. A bet but, noir. But it's weird how good a Monaco, traditionally, how good they are at home. Because you would think it'd be like the nicest place to go. You've got an amazing hotel. You've got no real supporters. Also, well, you've got a few real supporters, but it's hardly intimidating. And you can go to the casino afterwards. But and people struggle. eight-time French champions. You know, I remember when with, Ludovic uh, Julia was firing them to the Champions League final in 2004. They were unbelievable at home. And they had a full house. Put eight past well. Deportivo. 18,000 at the Stade A lot Stade of Italians were there. <laughs> <laughs> we went to all those games, Matt. And there were a lot of Italians. Any, any other game? I think there are three games in midweek. Just, Dave, you... I was due to commentate the original Monaco Paris Saint-Germain game but our scheduler has given it to our mail on Wednesday yeah. so I'll be on something else I'm, a, I'm yeah. going to look ahead to the There's weekend a real cold wind blowing <laughs> across the table I'm, I'm going to look ahead to Sunday for my my trip and I'm going to go to another Paris Saint-Germain game they're at Lille and we all remember what happened at Lille last year there was a red card and 1-0 and Lille, to Paris Saint-Germain and Lille card, battered them and so it'll be fascinating to see whether that happens this time I think I, I might go to Monaco too, see if Timuri Bakayoko can keep up his fantastic record against PSG. Not many players in Ligue 1. He's played seven times now against PSG, lost just once. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Robbie? Uh, Dave's weekend action is only in two weeks' time. Yeah, I know. So January, I'm just, just, yeah, Jan- yeah, January right. the 26th. It's Coupe de France this week. Yeah, Lille, Lille against PSG. And we all have Coupe de France action as well. So Dave's hoping the strike will be over. That's why you're, you're, you're waiting yeah, it I'm out. in a time warp here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm on lots of Coupe de France action this weekend, so I'll be on the road. Um, midweek, what was the other game? Amiens? Nîmes-Rennes? Reims? Nîmes-Rennes. You're going to Nîmes, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, yes, Nîmes. I like the Stade de Costière, which is uh, it, seeing its last weeks, its last home matches before it will be replaced. So Nîmes and against, I suggest everyone get Rennes. down there and see an old-style football stadium. Mm. That can be a little bit intimidating. That's a nice place Looks to go. Like it's I like from that. outside, but it's lovely yeah. inside. It's yeah. quite a big game as well because uh, Neem yeah. uh, showed signs of recovery at the weekend. They need points. And of course, so do Rennes. They could move back to within five of, uh, of Marseille with a win. But uh, that concludes our podcast for the week. Uh, I do hope. When do you... we give the Deja Who answer? In the, next week? Yeah, the next Deja Who answer is. In is, two weeks. Is in two to... weeks. Yes, in two weeks' time. Got oh, it's weeks. not next week because we got, because we got the Coupe de France. So you've got plenty of time to. Um, to get on Wikipedia and try to find this one. Um, a quick reminder, I made my Ligue 1 debut in August 2007, coming off the bench for a minute against Valenciennes. Albert Aymon, Albert Aymon was my coach at the time. I come from a real football family and I played at the World Cups in 2010 and 2014. You can... Um, I have another question about that. Did Albert Aymon play with my dad? Uh, I didn't know your dad played. Oh, sorry, this is... Um, Don't know uh, that. Not, I don't okay. think so. He was no. a good winger. Good winger, Albert Amon. Scored yeah. some good goals. Um, you can send in but answers. So was my dad. Hashtag, okay. I'll stop there. Hashtag Deja Who um, at League underscore ENG. Um, from uh, me, Matt Spiro, and my esteemed guests, Armel Tangi, Robert Thompson, and David Crossan. It is time to say goodbye. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.
strike. An absolute beauty for Florian Tomba.